Yeah. How about that, Slee? I picture you rubbing your hands together, getting your hands nice and warm in front of the fire, maybe a can of beans on a branch <laughs> dangling over the fire, maybe some s'mores. I want to go camping with you. You sound like you have a really nice time. Probably 35 degrees, 40 <laughs> degrees out there. If no, you don't get, uh, if you don't have, <laughs> that's right. you're already out. You ever done it where I've done it where it's like you know you go to let's say uh, Joshua Tree, right? Mm-hmm. You ever been out to Joshua Tree? I have, yes. Okay, camped out there a couple times. You ever camp out there? No, I don't. Okay. I've never been camping in my life, and I'd like to keep it that way. Okay, here's the funny thing. <laughs> it's like here you are. You're like, oh man, it's so open and it's beautiful. And it's like. You know, I think we're running out of supplies. Home Depot is like a half hour away, and my and my ways still works. Why don't we just head over to Home Depot real quick, grab a couple items, and then come back? Does Postmates deliver to the campsite in uh, Joshua Tree? Is is that is that an option that I can get? Because it sounds like uh, something that I don't I don't want your beans and your uh, your, your s'mores. I'd like to. Trav, have did you some bring your router? Or Why did you bring your router with you? <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not much of an outdoorsman. That's really not my deal. My my deal of camping is tailgating at the Rose Bowl. And putting together a, a that's pretty close for enough people. Yeah, but I could, there's enough I could trees in Pasadena to feel like <laughs> there's mountains. You're out in the woods. You're down in the arroyo. <laughs> it's a it, it's a good deal. It is a good deal. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Um, I came to a conclusion last night. Two two different things. Watching Monday Night Football. Okay. Uh, number one, the Chiefs are not good. And, yeah, what and, the hell is? I'd like to change my answer from yesterday where I said, yeah, I still think the Chiefs win that division. No, they're not. They're not good, Al. They might still win the division. You think? Well, okay, just because I, the Raiders and the Chargers I don't think are going to run away with the division. So I think it will always be sort of within reach. I think Emily was telling us during our prep they have the toughest schedule left in the National Football League. We're talking about the Chiefs. I think the, the Rams are have the third toughest. But um, – yeah, sitting here at 500, it almost looks like they're fortunate to be at 500. Well, they're not good. I mean, I keep waiting for, oh, there it is. That looks more like what it's looked like in the past. That looks more like what it's looked like with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They're not good. It's not, it's not that things aren't happening. They're throwing jump balls. Balls are bouncing <laughs> off guys' helmets. The, the, we saw the Rams play the Giants, what, three yeah. weeks ago? Yep. Okay, the Rams went into MetLife Field. Mm-hmm. And just knocked handed the, it to them. Just knocked them around. It was that that game was a joke, right? The Rams were clearly the better team. This game in Kansas City, the Giants go in there, and Kansas City needs to kick a late field goal to win the game. It, it, this is not the Rams and the the Kansas City Chiefs on the same level. The Rams are far, far, farther down the road than a team like KC, a team that's been in the Super Bowl the last two years. You're taking basically taking the example of you play the Giants, you blow them out in their home turf. KC has the Giants at home in a you know you're kind of listen. I know you're seven. This that was the eighth game for the uh, for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're in desperation mode, but you're kind of in desperation mode, as sure. in you know win this game by 10 points against the Giants. Kind of put yourself, give yourself a little bit of cushion. Start feeling good about yourself a little bit. This could be one of those games that, hey, hey, we had a bad start to the season, but you know what? We're starting to turn things around as we get to the second half of the schedule. You're right. It was kind of a a nail-biter, and maybe that opens up. Maybe this is going to be you know, really unique to the AFC West. If you're a Charger fan out there, 9, 12, 14 of you guys out there, or if you're a Raider fan out there, um, 
this division is up for grabs, and I think the comparison you're making about this just kind of should show you how much further the Rams are than some of the other teams in the league. You could use the Chiefs as that example. And, and like you said, too, it gives the Raiders and the Chargers a chance to win that division, and that's a big deal. I mean, this has been the Chiefs' division for a very long time. It seems like they've been the class of that division for maybe even longer than they actually have, but... Mm-hmm. You win that division, who knows what happens there, but it does not feel like it goes through Kansas City like it has in a long time. It may go through L.A. What the Rams did yesterday with Von Miller is not Hmm. just a a nice little acquisition, something that they did. This took them from a team that was already in the mix, and and I've been reading everything, I've been looking at everything and seeing everybody's reaction to this, and it's been almost unanimous that this is going to be a huge problem for everybody that they play. Here's the deal. They already. Yeah, you keep, by the led. by the way, you keep texting me articles. I feel like I know more about Von Miller now than <laughs> my own family. I just hey, want to make take sure a, that hey, up to speed. Al, did you see this one? See this one? This one's coming out of. <laughs> I always like it too. I was telling you, yeah, this is this is a good read. And basically, what I'm telling you is, make sure you read this before we come on the air. That I'm going to need to make sure that you know what we're talking about before we come on the air. But look, they already led the league in sacks. They had 25 sacks without Von Miller coming in, mm. and all of a sudden, if you got Leonard Floyd as your third best guy to get to the quarterback, you got a pretty good team. Mm. If you have Von Miller as your second best guy to get to the quarterback, you've got a pretty good team. And you can all of a sudden, what if you put Von Miller and Leonard, or excuse me, and Aaron Donald on the same, on the same side of the ball? Who do, who, who do you block? What do you do? You punt. You just decide, <laughs> hey, you know what? Let's go into our punting formation. Let's get the ball downfield, and let, let's just take a chance on our defense. You know, it's been, an, it's been an amazing acquisition, and we'll see what it looks like. He's expected to play on Sunday against the Titans, Sunday Night Football at SoFi Stadium. Oh, by the way, you're yeah. coming? Is that, is, that a, is that a fact? You sent make, me a text uh, last night. Yeah, that would make my first game. I haven't been to a game yet, so I'm going to come to that one Sunday night, little Rams-Titans action, and I'm not part of the million-dollar giveaway. It's none of that stuff. I'm just going to the game to enjoy the game. What time are we doing, Ashley? The pre-game show, Emily, are we starting at 3 or are we starting at 3.30 on 3:30. 3.30. So we start 3:30. at 3.30. Should we do Ashley at like 3.35? No, I, I, I'm going to – if I'm going to do it, I want to be a part of the network. I don't want to do the – don't don't pull me the whole 3.30 thing. I know what you're trying to do here. I want to – either we're doing it at 1 or we're not doing it. <laughs> no, no, no. We're gonna, we don't start until 3.30. The, <laughs> the, the pregame show starts at 3.30. Network will start around 4.30 if you really want to get it on the network. We could still slide a, a, a little bit of an Astley in there. But we're going to get to see him. We're going to get to see what it looks like. And I think that the Rams have really just made it crystal clear we're not messing around. We They believe – this goes back to what they did a couple of years ago when they went to the Super Bowl where they made all those actors. They go out and they get Marcus Peters. They go out and get Aqib Tlaib. They go out and get Dante Fowler. They go out and pick up all these guys along the way, and it ends up with them in the Super Bowl. Now, they didn't win the Super Bowl, but you can tell it, – it feels similar that you can sniff it out, right? You can smell it. You can feel that it's right there, and if this piece gets them over the top, it's worth it. We're, we're, there's a price to be paid, and we'll get into that in a minute, that there is eventually going to be – the bill will show up eventually. Yeah, yeah. But who cares if you have a Super Bowl championship in your in your back pocket? So I, I think it's easy, and I think it's good – what was it about? I think 24 hours ago – that this trade went down. It went down, I want to say, like right before our show started yesterday, 9.30 or something like that. I think it's easy right now at this point to really just pay attention to, okay, this is obviously a fantastic move. It's a franchise going all in. This is exactly what you want to see. 
your football team do if they're this close, right? And and I think we could all agree that the Rams are this close. The Dodgers were that close. You know what? If you don't make a move at the trade deadline, like what a um, what it, it, how missed can you possibly do that? Yeah. yeah, what a missed opportunity. Don't you want to give yourself your best shot? So obviously the Rams are doing that. Question I have, Trav, is and I think you know nobody would disagree that they they shouldn't be going all in because they should be. Is this just is this the way the Rams do things now? Is this because every every team has a different approach how they're gonna you know and, and I know winning teams or teams that are competing for Super Bowls everybody's gonna have a different strategy of how to get there. Seems like this is the Rams. No, no, this is what we do. We're gonna do it this way. And oh, by the way, we'll kick the can down the road. We're not too worried about what two years is gonna look like from now. Three years ago, by the way, so far I thought. One of the things DeMarco Farr, when he joined us yesterday, I thought he mentioned something. We all know that the Super Bowl is at SoFi. That's not a yep. surprise. But him saying, like, they're going for it, part of it is SoFi was built to host Super Bowls. The first freaking Super Bowl that they're going to host, wouldn't it be something special that the local team is there? All that stuff. Like, there's, I think, a lot of things that obviously lead up to this. But is this just who the Rams are going to be? They're going to be that team that's not worried about – uh, it's not saying that they're not worried about developing. It's not saying that they don't worry about the draft or they don't value the draft. But obviously, that's not important today. So you could be a part of the show today on the Travis and Slee Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. I'm curious what the fans think about this move. And, and more, Not look, adding Vaughn Miller to your team is a good idea. Full stop, right? Vaughn Miller on your team is good news. And the price of a second rounder and a third rounder is not so expensive that you start thinking, okay, should we or shouldn't we? But I'm curious about the long-term effects because you're right. What you just said, the Rams are not just, hey, um, we kind of found ourselves here all of a sudden and we should try to finish this off because we don't know when we're going to come back. This is a philosophical approach that this team has. This is something that they've done really since Sean McVay has gotten here. They've identified free agents, guys like Andrew Whitworth, and gone out and added them and made the team better. They've identified other players on other teams that maybe are not performing at a level that that people expected, whether it's Dante Fowler or Leonard Floyd or somebody else, and brought them in and done that. They found the best player to position in a guy like Jalen Ramsey and made that deal. They went and see and realized, hey, our quarterback's not good enough this is not going to change. we got to make a change, and it's expensive to make that change. That's fine. We're going to do it anyway, and they bring in Matt Stafford. This is not, hey, we just found ourselves here, and let's just try to do it. This is an active plan where the draft is going to come after what we do. Sean McVay said it yesterday that there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes. We do value the draft. We do value picks, but when you see how they do it, uh, do they? <laughs> I mean, it, it, they haven't had a pick since Jared Goff. They're not going to have a first-round pick until 2024 at this point, which is a long way away. So I don't want to say they don't value it, but clearly they don't value it as it's much as yeah. proven veteran players because that's how they're building their team. Now, depth and, and, and roster strength and flexibility, maybe that sacrifices a little bit, but they've put a championship-caliber product on the field more or less every season Sean McVay has been here. Trav, we said this early on when Matt Stafford came and it was, you know, you had we didn't get a chance to see him in the preseason. And, and there was a curiosity. I don't know what the hell to expect the first couple of weeks. We, we haven't seen him yet. And I, I bring that up because one of the things you and I talked about, 
we didn't think the regular season was irrelevant. Of course it's relevant. Uh, of course trying to have home field is going to be huge. Of course if you can play a game at SoFi in January rather than in Green Bay at Lambeau, what a difference that's going to be. But one of the things you and I talked about is this team is going to be judged on one thing. What do you do in the playoffs? What do you do in the postseason? So let me, if we're valuing what this trade is to the Rams, it's really, really difficult on November 2nd to say, hey, this is great. It's a slam dunk. It will ultimately just come down to the picks that you're giving away, going out and getting Matt Stafford. Everybody agree. These are all the right moves. But what happens in the postseason will determine whether this worked or it didn't work. And I don't want to simplify it that easy, but it is that easy. It's that easy because if they lose in the second round of the NFL playoffs and that's it, you know, you didn't get any further than you did with your previous quarterback or and and freak stuff happen, injuries happen, somebody can have a tip ball, goes for six, like anything could happen in the NFL and it's only one game. But ultimately... The best way to answer this question of how they're doing, what their approach is, giving up all these draft picks, going out and trying to win now, doesn't it just merely come down to, I, I don't know if you go this far or not, you won a Super Bowl or you didn't, at least getting to the Super Bowl probably says the answer more than more than anything else. I think it depends on how it ends. And, and that doesn't necessarily mean it has to end with a Super Bowl championship, but what does it look like when it ends? We'll continue that conversation. But by the way, what if it ends early? Then all of a sudden, that's a totally different question. Here's something I want to get into as well, Al. Who's done the best job with these teams here in L.A.? We have such an unbelievable bounty of good teams right now, mm-hmm. championship-caliber teams. Who's done the best job of putting their roster together? That's coming up next. It's Travis USC. Lee. USC. 710. You can pick it. USC. You're going to be wrong, but you can pick them. That's coming up next. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Not going to lie, Slee, I'm pretty excited about you coming to uh, SoFi on Sunday night to watch the Titans and the Rams. I want you to come up to the press box. I can show you where the espresso machine is. I I can show you all the important things that go on in a Rams game. You know what? I kind of feel like like I'm coming to your house, and the first thing you're going to do when I get up to the press, please take your shoes off. I'm going to take my (laughs) shoes off. And I'm going to kind of walk right – you're going to kind of start showing me, hey, that's Mike right there. Hey, say hello to Earl. And oh, we're just going to go everybody. around. You're going to go around. Yeah, exactly. Introduce me, everybody. Here's the espresso <laughs> machine. And then, like, things kind of get a little serious. Like, if I go in for a second espresso, whoa, whoa, you're whoa, like, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Didn't you already have one? <laughs> Do you really want to have another one at after 5 o'clock? I, that doesn't sound like a good I- idea. You know what Since- I mean? And then – and then maybe you actually asked me to exit around halftime. Like, okay, thanks for coming. <laughs> well, since Kirk and Emily let me down with the M M&M and M box, will you will you help me out with an M M&M and M box if you if you come and sit next to me? Will that no. will that be a thing you do? No. Nope. Why are you guys so anti M and M? I don't understand. I'm anti peanut M and M. First well, off, they have plain. Maybe next time we'll do plain. Also, can, I'm going to be uh, seeing if Alan can navigate SoFi Stadium by himself as well because I clearly big. did not do it well the first time. It's pretty big. I, I came out on I'm the wrong side. Up. 
ride mm-hmm. <laughs> last time because we do the post-game show at Hollywood Park Casino. Come by and check us out after uh, after the game. You come over, have a drink, watch me and Kirk do the post-game show. It's a pretty cool spot. But I came out on, what would that be, the north end of SoFi somehow last yep. time instead of the south end where I needed to be. Just just say that walking around SoFi just to get from point A to point B takes a minute. It's pretty. It's a pretty big footprint. you got to give yourself a little bit of time to get from one side to the other. Yeah, 100%. I'm going to end up on the visitor's locker room or something. Like, wait, do we shower here? How does this work? And then we get out? They have to make an announcement over the PA. Hello, Travis Rogers. We have your Alan Sliwa. Come pick him up. <laughs> your your partner just, has I'm wandered into an, a restricted area. I'm like Please a come kid at a mall. Him. A kid at a mall. Just looking for my mother. You'll just be standing there next to the security guard, you know, kind of looking a little scared, a little sad, a little disappointed, the, the, the entire thing along the way. Uh, that's awesome. Uh, you're going to get to see Vaughn Miller, which is great news. It's time for mm-hmm. some Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. So everybody realizes that Vaughn Miller coming to this team is going to help them defensively. They're going to help them get to the quarterback. It's going to help them put pressure on the quarterback. The rub is they were really good at both of those things already. They were number one in sacks. They're in the top five, I believe, when it comes to quarterback pressures. They've done a really good job right there. Uh, D-line win rate, I know they're way up there as well. So the question is, what does it do for you know adding a guy that's something you were already really good at? I want you to listen to Key, who was on his show this morning, talking about, yeah, Vaughn's going to help, but how much? It certainly helps them. It was a steep price to pay. I don't personally think that I would have given up two second-day picks, a second- and a third-round pick, to go get a guy that's a little bit past what we know Von Miller as, as a double-digit sack guy. But the Rams are all in, and if it doesn't pay off, it won't be good. Well, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I, the, the steep price. Let me ask you this, Al. Do you yeah. think a second and a third round pick to get a player for what the Rams have left? They have nine games left in the regular season, however many playoff games they play. And he's he's a free agent at the end of the year. Maybe they'll resign him. Maybe they won't. But there's a chance that there's a rental aspect to this. Mm-hmm. Second and a third round pick. Is that a steep price in your world? I think if you're the Denver Broncos, you're not going anywhere in the AFC West, and somebody wants to give you a second and a third round pick for Von Miller, I I almost think there is no hesitation. I think for certain teams, it makes a ton of sense. Now, is it risky for the Rams? Sure it is. I mean, listen, um, you know, one of the things we just mentioned here a few minutes ago was it could also not work, right? Like the NFL is the NFL. You're in a one-game playoff where anything can happen. You can have one of those nights where things just didn't go your way and you had two turnovers where the other side, you know, the team on the other side had zero turnovers and just really played a flawless game. That's not uncommon in the NFL. Not at all. Is it worth the risk? If you think this guy is going to take your defense to a different level, is it worth the risk that he's not going to have to be the main player on D like he's been pretty much you know, his entire career, that now he actually becomes he's the second or third best player, whatever you want to, you know, obviously rank him on that on um, on the Rams defense. So I think it's it's worth the risk, but it is risky. A second and a third is not nothing. There, there are a lot of great NFL players that come out in the second round, the third round, obviously further in the draft as well. Um, but I'm, I'm going to go back to this with the Broncos. If you're Denver that's fantastic. Oh, it's a great. It's it's it's, it's a no brainer for them. It's a no brainer for them. The the question becomes, is it a no brainer for the Rams? I think it is. I like the deal. But we talked about this briefly yesterday, and and I mentioned 
the Rams have star power, right? Mm-hmm. Look, look around this field. Matthew Stafford is a star. Cooper mm-hmm. Cup is a star. Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey. These Von Miller. These guys are stars in this league, and that's important. You need those guys, but you also need some depth. You also need some roster flexibility. Sure. And where you build your depth and where you build some flexibility in your roster are with these draft picks, and the Rams really don't have a ton of draft picks. I want to do this again. I know I did it a couple times yesterday. Here are what the Rams have in the draft next year. No first-rounder, no second-rounder. They do have a third-round pick because of the Brad Holmes hire. They don't have a fourth-rounder, and they have a fifth and a seventh-rounder. So they have one in the third, one in the fifth, and one in the seventh. Okay, that's not a lot of guys because guess what? Guess what round Cooper Cup was picked in? He was picked in the third round. Guess what John Johnson, I know he's no longer there, but guess what round he was picking? The third round. The Rams have been really good at finding contributing players later on in the draft. I get it. Aaron Donald's first-round pick. Matthew Stafford, first-round pick. All, I, I understand. Todd Gurley, Michael Brockers, first-round pick, first-round pick. But the Rams have been really good about finding players later in the draft, and that's something that they're just not going to have as many opportunities to do because they just don't have the picks, Al. Well, I, th- I think they're obviously showing confidence in what they're doing and how they're doing it. They're also sitting back and saying, well, yes, we could stockpile some picks for the next couple of years, but the reality is we're 7-1 and one right now. We feel like we have as good of a chance as anybody to come out of the NFC, anybody. If you look at the threats that are there in the NFC, um, Arizona you're going to get another shot at, and I think there's some question marks about the Cardinals. Tampa, you not only already beat, and I'm not. I know a, a game early on in the season is going to be different playing Tom Brady in Tampa come playoffs or postseason. But it just kind of gives you an indication you've already beat them. And oh, by the way, they have two losses. You only have one. Packers, you're going to get a shot at uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So, I, I, I think, put it this way: Do you make that trade if you're a 500 team and you're trying to figure out, okay? Can we really make noise this postseason? They're not in that position. The position they're in is we make this trade because, yes, we know we're giving up value, but it could equal another trip to the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying that that – do you think that trade is the difference of them? Does it – there's no percentage here or something like that, but does this – does this really change, you think, their Super Bowl chances? Yeah, I think it makes them almost unblockable up front. I think that with those three guys – keep in mind, Sebastian Joseph Day did not play last week. Well, then he it's a no-brainer if, it's, if that's interior. the case. But if, if they make – if their pass rush is what it appears it's going to be, I don't know how you deal with that. Now, the question, of course, is depth. The question, of course, is what do you do if you have some injuries in some other places along the uh, along the defensive uh, secondary in particular? Take a listen here to Dan Graziano, who is talking about the depth issue that the Rams have. In, the, in fact, they lose some guys. They're all in. I think it's a good move for them to get him, especially they don't have to pay him. Uh, Denver's paying the salary. So my concern with the Rams is that they're very top-heavy as a roster. They, they, they don't have the depth. A, a key injury, I think, could hurt them in a way that would be more severe than other teams. I, don't, I think the Rams roster is, is not quite as, as deep as to allow for that if that circumstance were to occur. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Look, if, if we saw it last year. Aaron Donald got hurt, and again, it's the Packers. The, the Rams defense did not look the same. It, it, was a, it was a shadow of what it typically is. So if you lose a guy like that, that, that goes without saying. 
the question becomes, what if you lose a guy like Darius Williams, who's out right now? Now, he's expected to come back, but that defense looks a lot different without Darius Williams than it does with him. When you've got Long and Rochelle and Dion De- uh, in there, that defense is not, at least in the secondary, is not a lights-out group other than Jalen Ramsey. So if you lose one of those guys or a second one of those guys, that's the depth that you don't have when you don't have any picks to fill in the roster because you've traded them all away to get these stars. So I, I think there's, I mean, let me use as an example, and this is, I don't know if this is the best example. I don't think that's that uncommon in the NFL for the teams that are really, really good. If you lose somebody who's incredibly talented, it's really tough to say, well, we got, if you know what, if he goes down, there's two or three guys sitting on the bench there that are ready to step in. I, it's it's not that it's completely uncommon. We saw the Packers on, uh, what was that, the Thursday night game? I think it was Thursday. Yeah, against yeah, Arizona, Arizona, right? Yeah. They were depleted, and they still found a way. Now they changed their whole strategy. Now they're running the ball more. I mean, they did things that were a little bit different. Um, I think, Trav, look, it's as simple as this, and this is a unique position that the Rams are in. It's Big picture is always important. Of course it is. Who says, who knows where this Rams team is going to be with all this personnel in two years? So I think this window that they have, they understand that they have, and I think they just, as best as they can possibly maximize their chances, is it going to hurt them long term? It probably will. I don't think there's any, especially if he's a rental and he's gone, um, you know, by the time the season ends, but I almost feel like they're okay with that. They understand that, okay, that could be one of the, um, th- this could be one of the challenges moving forward, but that, it, it doesn't sound like that's something of a concern of theirs on the short term. All right, so last night you had a chance to talk to uh, Brian Windhorst on Lakers Talk, right? Yeah, yeah, Windhorst came on. And, and he said something that you, you mentioned to me this morning about, you know, we're going to have to wait until a certain point to really start to evaluate this team. Let's talk about that when we come back and what the Lakers are going to do in the short term and in a little bit longer term. That's next on Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. How about this, Al? Clay Helton has a new job. Clay Helton, the former head coach at USC, is now the head coach at Georgia Southern. That according to Hmm. a tweet from Brett McMurphy. That sounds about right. Clay Helton, a little USC experience, go to a smaller school, kind of restart and do your whole thing again. It, it just felt like he was so far in over his head as the head coach at USC. Like it, Emotionally, perfect guy. They, they needed a guy that was steady and smooth and just was not a lunatic. But when it came to football and recruiting and everything else, it, just, it, it felt like SC was just way too big for him. You know what? But this could be one of those situations where, okay, take that experience you took at USC. Nobody's going to be on your, you know, breathing down your back in every article on and uh, on a night-in, night-out basis, whether you win or you lose. I mean, he's kind of – you know, sometimes they say this. You know, you say players uh, – coaches are supposed to put players in positions to succeed. Yeah, it's the same thing with whether it's uh, athletic directors or it's ownership or something. Clay Helton was not going to succeed with USC and, you know, 
wish him the best in what you say, yeah. Georgia Southern? Georgia Southern. Everybody yeah. liked Clay Helton, and now they get to go like him in Georgia Southern. Um, so tell me what Windhorse said last night about so, the Lakers. So we're talking, um, you know, today is the two weeks ago today, season started. So it was kind of just trying to get an assessment. And I think, it, you know, it's interesting because for us, we're watching the Lakers every night. You know, we're living, breathing, and dying all the local sports. Windhorse is a perfect example of somebody that on a national level, what what's the perception of the Lakers from somebody who's not in L.A.? What's the perception of the Lakers on a more kind of national, uh, national scope? So I asked Windhorse, and we'll play this right here, I asked Windhorse, um, what he's seen so far, kind of what does he take away from the Lakers so far? Take a listen to this. I made a decision. I was not going to evaluate the Lakers until at least Christmas and maybe not even until after that. The The situation with this team, with the incredible uh, turnover on the roster and the injuries coming in, I, I just think it's an incredible ask to put these guys together and you're going to have wonky performances and, and we already know that learning to play with Westbrook takes a lot of time, even in good conditions. I think it's way too early to judge him. Right, that's uh, that's when horse yesterday on Lakers talk. So it's kind of I, I was a little I don't know I, I guess in my head it's like okay well, hey we're two weeks in what do you think? And he's like no not doing it I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to tell you because what I'm watching over the first two weeks is not going to be the same product in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Now, hey, I can hear that from other people. Mm-hmm. I think you and I are, you know, maybe we're a little bit different in this is because we are seeing every single game. We're listening to the press conferences. We're reacting to – I might come in and say, did you see Russ take that three with 30 seconds left against the Oklahoma City Thunder? Why the hell didn't Coach Vogel call a timeout? And why would you run that play after – we're watching it much different than some, you know, somebody else. Let's say is outside of LA. Sure, I thought it was interesting. Brian was like, "Nah, come back to me after Christmas." Yeah, well, look, I, I'm gonna. I think I fall into a category of a lot of Laker fans where, when they made all these moves during the off season, when you go out and you get a player as accomplished as Russell Westbrook, and you see all the other big name guys, Dwight comes back, DeAndre Jordan's a name you recognize, and they're just you know Trevor Ariza, all, all of these names. You're you're thinking, oh, I know that guy; he's a pretty good player. I know this guy's a pretty good player. And while everyone's telling you, hey, listen, you're going to have to be patient. You're going to have to wait to see what this looks like. You say, yeah, 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 I, I understand that intellectually. But emotionally, you're thinking, this is going to be pretty good. This is gonna, this is, we're we're going to roll the balls out. And on opening night, it's going to be like, holy smoke, look at that. This is a team that's good enough to win a championship. It's just not going to be that. It's going to take time in, in the most literal sense of you just cannot evaluate. First of all, they're missing a whole bunch of guys. THT hasn't played. None hasn't played. Ariza hasn't played. You, you're just you're missing. Ellington hasn't really been a part of this. That you're, you're missing all of these guys, and now you're having guys that you maybe didn't really need to put into the roles that they're in right now, looking at you, Carmelo Anthony, and asking them to do a whole bunch of things that maybe you didn't think they were going to have to do right away. It's going to take time, and that doesn't mean that it's going to work out. What it means is we may give this a month or two, get to Christmas, and still say, yeah, you know what, this doesn't look super great together, or the opposite, that finally it started to fit together. So with all that being said, I, I'm going to – you know, I, I definitely thought walking into the beginning of the season, especially because so many of these games were at Staples Center, mm-hmm. especially because, like you said, the names. It, it's – It'd be one thing, 
I mean, to have Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, uh, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook all on the same team, and then a couple other names that you mentioned, it's pretty much like, and you look at the schedule, it's like, all right, you got Memphis, Warriors are not that good until Clay comes back. Okay, you got Houston, Oklahoma City, the Spurs. You also have a very favorable schedule. I thought coming out the gate, Lakers would look good. And part of that is not just because of them. It's also because who their opponents are. It's because Staples Center hasn't had a sold-out Staples Center for a year and a half coming in. That everybody now coming to Staples is just so jacked up, ready to go for Lakers basketball. I thought there'd be other elements that kind of played into this that – the basketball doesn't have to be perfect, but you got all-stars, you know, wherever you look. You have veterans. You have opponents that are not that good. You're playing at Staples Center. I wouldn't have been shocked if, what are the Lakers right now, 4-3? Four 4-3. And three, four and three. That out, they came out the gate 6-1. and one. Yeah. And That's not saying that they're playing perfect basketball, but it's right. some of the other components that comes with it. Well, I think that's it. I, what, what you just said. All of those circumstances that you just laid out is why I think that somebody like myself and, and others went from, hey, let's wait and see what this looks like to um, let's wait and see what this looks like. But this is not looking very good so far that there's one thing. Hey, we're winning games, but it doesn't look right. But we're winning games. So like you said, we're at home. We're playing against inferior opponents, et cetera, et cetera. It's not what's happening. You're you're about 500. You're playing against inferior opponents who are giving you a, a, a much harder time. Run you for your money. We would have had a run for your money. And, oh, by the way, the pieces that we were hoping to see fit together really aren't, at least not yet. It, it's gone from let's wait to uh, let's wait and hope that it starts to work. Because while I let – me, let me back up just a little bit. I know that I've been the one that was skeptical of Russell Westbrook coming over, and, and not because I don't think he's a great player. Yeah, you're, but just you're a Clipper fan. The, yeah, exactly right. The fit of it all just didn't feel to me like that works together. Now, that being said, I didn't think that the Lakers were going to be anything other than really good. When mm-hmm. my, my concern about Russell Westbrook acquisition was, is that going to be good enough to beat Milwaukee? Is that going to be good enough to beat uh, Brooklyn. the Brooklyn Nets? Is that yep. going to be good enough to beat Phoenix or whoever else they're fighting with in the Western Conference? Well, that may not be the question. The question may be, is this good enough to be a, a, a good team? And so far, I don't know the answer. We, we haven't seen it. And that's not Russell Westbrook's fault. That's the Lakers' fault. That's everybody's fault. None of this has looked right so far, regardless of how we're – when Russell's been good, it's looked okay. When he's been bad, sometimes it's looked okay, and, and vice versa is true. They just There's no data point that makes you go, ah, that right there, that looks really good. We're still waiting. Well, they got Houston again tonight, Oklahoma City coming up on Thursday, and then their first really home, or their first road game that is against an average team. That's I'll, I'll pull Portland as average is this Saturday. So we'll see how this week plays out. After that, we're going to get some really good matchups in November that I hope will tell a better story of you know where the Lakers are. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So no Funch today, no Taylor today, but Zach is in the house. And what are we calling it? Like a Zach attack, a bunch of Zach, Zach a ton of yeah, Zach, Zach or whatever, That's good. whatever no. we're going to call it. He's in control of what we're doing next. It's the Zach attack. It's coming up next. It's Travis <laughs> Lee, 710 ESPN. <laughs> Hey, uh, Slee, just real quick. Funches is okay. I haven't seen him in like two weeks. He's still with us. He's hanging in there. Yeah, I guess, you know, just kind of (laughs) created a little bit of a rivalry here because Zach has his own name now. A ton of Taylor is on. And I don't know. It's really weird between those three now.
You're like, well, I just want to make sure he's okay. I've not seen him. He's in high demand. He's yeah. a very high demand guy. For I haven't sure. seen him either. He produces every Laker game, but he avoids <laughs> he avoids seeing me. Yeah, I get it. I, I, I feel the same way sometimes. I, I completely understand. All right, what do you got for us, Zach? All right, so a Texas bar posted a sign saying, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You will be skipped if played before December 1st. After December 1st, the song is only allowed to play one time a night. So, oh, this is good. I just want to is... know, what are your mm-hmm. three least favorite holiday songs? First of all, Trav, I think you and I may, might have hit on this a little bit yesterday. There's a certain date where things, like you got to follow these rules. As strict as it is in L.A. to throw a mask on to go grab your coffee over at Starbucks, the Christmas songs have to fall along a similar rule, okay? November 1st. You can't just start playing Christmas music. It's okay. not time for Christmas music. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, but there aren't Thanksgiving songs. So what I mean, if we're getting into the holiday spirit, is it that yeah. bad to jump ahead by a few weeks? Well, I'm just saying, like, there's okay. We don't need to hear Thanksgiving songs either. Just keep things a little bit normal. A couple more pumpkins you're seeing around. People are getting ready for Thanksgiving. There's other there's other things that can take a little prominence. Okay, once we get after Thanksgiving. And you and I have already determined that's when you could start decorating and sure. things along those lines. Sure. If you decorate before that, it is the equivalent of a crime. I don't, I don't know how else <laughs> cops I, should be around driving around and looking to see if anybody put up Christmas lights before Thanksgiving. You could hire my wife because apparently she's some sort of ninja. Now, keep in mind, she she, she is a she has a full-time job, okay, and, and okay. a high-stress, important job. She's an ICU nurse. She, she, she works every day, so she's working. Somehow, but before the end of Halloween, a couple of nights ago to today, all of the Halloween decorations have been taken down in my house, and all of the Thanksgiving have gone up. So totally she's up. got it. She's got it wired. She's got it figured out. As far as bad Christmas songs go, Alex, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not going to give you three. I'm going to give you one because it's bad enough that it takes up all three spots. The Alvin and Chipmunks song. The that terrible thing. Yeah, that's a that's, bad one. That that is the single worst. And the thing way I've ever you just did it too is yeah. That's that mine. My version is pretty good. So I'm just going Alvin and Chipmunks for all three spots. That is, and everybody plays it. You go to a Christmas party. It's on the radio. You cannot escape that silly song. Okay, mine's not gonna beat that one because I I had <laughs> I forgot about that one and that is incredibly <laughs> annoying. Um, can I just throw this one out there? Uh, jingle bells. I hear it three. I I, I think jingle I hear jingle bells. It. What are you, Ebenezer Sliwa over there? No, How just, do, who, who dislikes jingle bells? It's five hundred times before <laughs> it's even December seventh. Like I, I hear it so often. I can I just get? Can I sprinkle it in a little bit less? So well, okay. As long as we're going to leave Jingle Bell Rock alone, because that's the one that Katie Heron sings in Mean Girls, and I will not allow such blasphemy to take place. Like I, I'll, all I'm Bell saying Rock is, all, all I'm saying is, I shouldn't be in a grocery store, and I've already heard it twice. And all I did was <laughs> pick up milk, cereal, and some eggs. That's all. That's all I'm throwing out there. Perfect. What's next, Alex? Uh, Zach, but uh, anyway. Zach. oh, I'm sorry, uh, Zach. Zach. No, no, go ahead, Trav. Why don't you just fire off any name that you want out there? Sending Peter, chargers. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, yeah, by the way, I thought I heard that earlier, and I was like, did he just call me Alex? Well, they, I they thought he struggled. called you Alex, too. So here's yeah. what it is. We have Alex and Zach. And oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. They both up at the same time. They both have four-letter names. They, they have a – true. What, a, they look not a lot alike, but just enough alike to where it confuses me a little bit. Zach, this is easy. Can I help apologies. you? Apologies. Can I sorry. help you out here? Yes. Zach, Zach Attack. 
We just <laughs> well, I know, but I titled it. Yes, Zach, I apologize. No, you're it's fine. My bad. You're totally Go ahead, Zach. Um, Aaron Rodgers says he will take some of his salary in Bitcoin. I'm just wondering if you guys are crypto, and would you ever do some of that with your salary? I don't even know what it is. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I know that Bitcoin is crypto. I know that there are some other forms of cryptocurrency. I know that it's incredibly volatile. I know that people make a lot of money investing in Bitcoin. But if you said to me, Trav, I need you by the end of the day to have some Bitcoin, I wouldn't even know where to start. I, I, I like money, cash, direct deposit. I don't know if you can do all – maybe you can. I don't know. I'm just not nearly smart enough or sophisticated enough to pull okay. off crypto sleep. Here's the problem, Trav, and I think we're both going to be on the same page here. In 20 years, you and I are going to be you know, that person that's trying to sell like gold coins and stuff like that. Like we are just Cougar never ends. going to adjust. We're never going to adjust to what the world is doing because we are there's a crypto train right now that a lot of people seem to be on and even if they don't know what they're doing, they're at least putting money into it and they're, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling whatever investment that they put into it. And here you and I are still waiting every week or two weeks for Disney to just put a little money into our account, that little direct deposit. So I don't know what the hell crypto is, but I do know that you and I will regret not doing anything with crypto. Well, I add it to the list of <laughs> the things that I regret doing, the things that I don't regret doing. Do, do you understand it at all, Slee? Could you give me a 20-second explanation of what cryptocurrency is? Um, yeah, I think I can. So this is probably the best way to describe it. It's a digital currency that can be used to buy goods, services, but used an online ledger with strong cryptography to secure. I didn't ask you to read me Wikipedia. No, I wasn't reading it. <laughs> that was you. just from we'll the top of my head. <laughs> from the top of my head. Um, I literally just Googled what is cryptocurrency. I, I don't. I can't help yeah. you out here. Blockchain. Uh, I, I, just remember that too. Yeah, I don't know what that is either. I've heard that word a lot too. I don't know. I just know that uh, it doesn't matter because we're all. Let me just say this. So what difference? I got a. Uh, I got a crypto guy. If you need anything, just let me know. We'll take care of it. Can I ask? Like, uh, 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 let me just ask this: Are you guys invested in stocks at all? Yes. So it's kind of like that. I would say it's very much similar, which is why you see people in the Reddit stocks also investing in cryptocurrency. Because both okay, aren't so, real. But here's the thing. If you said to me, what stock, I have Apple, I have Google, I have Tesla. I like. I understand that Like Tesla makes a car, and if people like the car and buy the car, the stock goes up. If people like their iPhones and they continue to buy them, the stock goes up. Cryptos, I don't understand what I'm buying. I don't get it. I don't like the name either. It just... It just <laughs> just sounds shady well i look here's what i know for sure you and i are going to lose a whole bunch of money because we're not investing in it along the way all right what do you got zach all right uh pete davidson was spotted at knott's berry farm with kim kardashian as they're on a double date with um courtney and travis barker so i just want to know who is one male celebrity you look at and go really like you got her so todd you're up first (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right, Solid. thank you. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. That's good that's, work, right that's there. That's pretty good. That's good it, work. It should right have there. had two syllables, but Todd isn't bad. At least it had the <laughs> T in there. I'll give you that. Um, no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Um, what do all of the guys, whether it's Pete Davidson or some maybe less than classically handsome men, might have yep. with beautiful women? What, what, what do they have? Uh, An in unbelievable personality. Uh, okay, sure. And you know, cryptocurrency falling out of their pockets. They got mm-hmm. they got some some scratch. They got a little money. So no, I am not surprised when somebody that is famous or somebody that is very wealthy has a significant other that is stunningly beautiful. I I, I am not surprised by that. 
that ever. So, no, Pete Davidson does not make the list because nobody's on the list. It never really surprises me. I mean, Jay-Z with Beyonce. You know, Jay-Z's give Jay-Z, famous and pretty rich. Give Jay-Z pretty. all the credit in the world. Sure. Beyonce is, you know, it's Beyonce. She's beautiful. Of course she is. But he's rich and famous. It's not True. like he's working and at he's the Gap. The <laughs> he's, he's, he's not folding jeans at the Gap. I mean, he's Jay-Z, for God's sake. Six inch or full long. <laughs> what do you want? Is that Jay-Z at Jersey Mike's? <laughs> That that's a better like. Does that ever happen? Does does somebody that's super famous ever date the guy that makes the sandwich at Jersey Mike's? Like I, I it just doesn't seem like that was the one that would blow me away. Pete Davidson doesn't surprise me. I do me. think Zac Efron dated a waitress that she he met in Australia for a while. Yeah. Like he lived with her for a while, but didn't end up marrying her. But that was a kind of a, a big name to yeah, me. That's at least. actually that's a better example there. Better Zac example Efron there. is the guy from High School Musical. Yes, that correct. is correct. Okay, Troy Bolton. I I. I by the way, I would blow you away. I know all the lyrics to all the high school musical songs. If you really wanted to hear them, I could. We're all in this together. I know them all. I had my daughter was like five when those movies came out. Not so surprised. I, uh, I am. Do you know any of them, Al? Would you like to sing a few bars? We come back. I'll, I'll definitely get into that. Definitely into that. <laughs> All right. We're also going to get into which of the L.A. executives is doing the best job right now because there is some stiff competition. That's next on Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.